Well, hey, friends, welcome to The Collective Podcast, where we strive to highlight ordinary women living extraordinary lives of faithfulness. And we want to unite, inspire, equip, and unleash God's women to be all that they can be in light of what God's done for us. We are so glad you're here. Well, hey, friends, guys, welcome to season two of The Collective Podcast. My name is Callie Nixon, and I'm your host today here with my co-host, Holly Carpenter. Hi, Callie. And we are so thrilled to have you joining us in our second season. Y'all, the heart of The Collective Podcast has always been to highlight ordinary women living extraordinary lives of faithfulness and to equip the saints for the work of service. And so that's what we're going to continue to do this season. This season, we are going to be approaching some pretty heavy topics, but topics that I think are really important. We are going to be talking about obstacles to faithfulness. And today, we're going to start off with something that is probably not near and dear to everybody's hearts, but it's probably something that everybody has grappled with if you're a believer at some point. And so today we're going to be talking about rest. And rest in our American culture today is almost always tied to weakness and even more so, I would argue, in the Christian community. And so just the American hustle, the American culture of, you know, 80-hour work weeks, and, and it's almost venerated, I would say. And as you go and look at other countries, it's not the case. I mean, there are places where shops literally shut down for two and three hours in the afternoon for people to rest. And so it's so important for us to talk about this. And I think specifically now, because it is 2021, Holly. It we are is. in a new year. We are. And I am so grateful, I don't know about you guys, to take 2020 and leave it behind because it stunk. And maybe some of you are like, oh, best life ever. God be with you. We're so happy. But I think for so many of us, our bodies in 2020 went through a literal trauma. And whether or not we feel it, everybody has been through a lot. And I think also our bodies need a chance and our minds and our souls need a chance to recover. There's a verse in Isaiah 43, 18 that just talks about this. It says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And when we rest, I think that really does enable our perspective to be refilled with hope. And I experienced this a little bit this weekend. Um, We had a really fun weekend where I, you know, when you study a topic, your, your mind is more you know, just in gear with thinking about, hey, how do I rest in my life? And if rest is one of the commands that God has given us and he modeled for us in Genesis, which we'll talk about in a minute, how am I doing it? And so I loved that this weekend, one of the ways I ended up resting was by cleaning my house. And I felt so restful. I felt so in tune with the Lord. Um, I slept in a little bit longer. So I think something else we can see about this concept of rest is that there are many things that you can end up doing that are just things you enjoy that if you do it, inviting the Lord into it, it becomes an aspect of rest. And so I'm so excited what we're talking about today. Um, it's going to be awesome. It is. It is going to be awesome. So just to kind of give a, a lay of the land of where we're going, we're going to hit a few different things about rest. And so we're going to talk about why do we rest, how do we rest, and what does rest bring us? And then finally, what happens if we don't rest? So those are the three things we're going to cover today. But really, before we even talk about and start with why do we rest, we kind of have to define what is rest, because it's so easy to hear that and to have 
a different definition or use different words to understand it. And so, um, Callie, you used a couple of resources to pull these definitions. And so the two that you used were The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan and The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by, you're going to have to say that name. Adele Alberg Calhoun. Guys, you got to go get it. To, I have read a ton of books on spiritual disciplines, and they're all amazing. But to, it's the first spiritual disciplines book I've ever read by a woman. And it is, in its very heart, nurturing. Because it really is. she writes from you know, that woman's perspective that just feels like you're challenging me and also loving me at the same time. (laughs) And gives you really helpful tools. Like each section will give you things to do, questions to ask yourself, next steps. So helpful, very clearly nurturing and helpful. Okay. So as we jump into what is rest, we're really going to distinguish between the words rest and Sabbath because people tend to use them interchangeably. And so we really want to separate them and understand what the difference between the two really is. And so Sabbath is setting apart one day a week for rest and worship of God. It is God's gift to us of repetitive and regular rest so that we can delight in Him and that we can have communion with Him. And um, it's just time for us in the middle of a busy life of just doing and doing and doing to just rest in what has been done. And so the Sabbath, like we said, is setting apart one day a week. And so in addition to that, um, Sabbath is about delighting and enjoying in the gifts that he's given us. So using that time to rest by appreciating the gifts that he's given us. So within Sabbath is when we rest. Resting is honoring God uh, through our human limitations through restful rhythms. And so entering into that means that we're depending on God, that we are honoring him with the limits that he's given us because God didn't make us to be limitless. He's the one that's limitless. And so when we were preparing for this, I was reminded of a book that I read by Jen Wilkin called None Like Him. And if if y'all haven't had the opportunity to sit under Jen Wilkin's Shout teaching, out. she is a phenomenal teacher. So she wrote two books. Uh, there's a series. One of the first one was called None Like Him, and so it's about the incommunicable traits of God. So you know the tagline of it is Ten Ways God Is Different from Us, and why that's a good thing. And so in one of her chapters, uh, she talks about like self sufficiency and the fact that like we try to be sufficient on ourselves, and and the idea that God is infinite but we are not, and really having to understand the difference between the two. And she said this quote that I was reminded of as we were preparing. It says, we must recover the truth that was obscured by the serpent. Rather than being like God in his unlimited divinity, we are to be like God in our limited humanity. We are capable of bearing his image as we were intended only when we embrace our limits. Image bearing means becoming fully human, not fully divine. It means reflecting as a limited being the perfections of a limitless God. And so rest really is the opportunity for us to sit in our limitedness and reflect on the God that is limitless. That was well said. Thank That's you. kind of a tongue twister. Jen Wilkin. <laughs> and it's so true, though. Like, really, all that means is, hey, you are a finite being. You were created not to be able to continue to go and go and go and go. And so whenever you're telling yourself, hey, just keep chugging, keep chugging, that is actually bad logic for you because you are a finite being who has to stop. You have to recoup. And it's established in Genesis 1 and 2. And so in in Genesis, we see the story of creation first in summary, then day by day, and we see what God does and that he ends his work with rest. It says on the seventh day, he rested. And so he works, which we see as good, and then he rests, which we see as holy. And so rest wasn't just the reward of God for his hard work. It was part of the work. God wasn't resting because he was exhausted. He was resting because he was modeling for us 
what we needed, which I think is so kind. And then you move into the New Testament and see where Sabbath is used. Whenever the Sabbath comes, we see miracles. And again, we assume, hey, the Sabbath is when we stop work, but it's really when Jesus chose to complete God's work by performing miracles, to open people's eyes and hearts to point them to himself. Right. And it's really thinking about, so when when we think about the different characteristics of God, the idea of him as creator is one that really stirs my affection for him because I come from a design background and have always been kind of in the creative world. And to, to think of the the analogy or the metaphor of like an artist or a painter or someone who's creating when they finish and they take that step back and they look at it. It's that moment of, gosh, that's what we created. That's what I created. I'm going to enjoy the thing that I just created. And to think of the Lord stepping back, not because he's tired, but to step back and and look at his creation and delight in it. It's like, I want to follow that example, not be so burned out from looking at something that I've been working on and just moving on to the next. Absolutely. And that really does take us into the why. So why resting is because it's almost, you know, dare we say ridiculous to think that we can't exist without it. We've said we're finite, God's holy, and God as the creator stepped back and rested. And so he designed all of creation for both work and rest. And I think it's really beautiful that when we model the behavior that was modeled for us, we honor the way that God made us. Kind of like what you're just saying, like when we're doing that, we are literally looking back to the Lord and going, I honor the way that you made me, that you made me with limits, that you made me grow tired and weary. And we're not enslaved to being people who only produced. We are allowed to be a people who can be rather than do. And I think that that's just kind of the Lord. And when you delve deep into some of this stuff, that God from the Old Testament to the New, you know, starting with rest to remind his people like, hey, you're no longer enslaved in Egypt anymore. I came and I saved you and I brought you out of Egypt into a new land. So rest and honor me and look back and remember all the things that I've done for you. And so I think the why is really important because if we don't answer that question, it doesn't really matter how we choose to do it because we're not going to be motivated to. So that's the why. I love that. And so with the why in mind, that then informs how we do it. Because in society today, I myself am prone to do this, but I can interchange the words rest and sloth and not even know it. Or cope. Or cope. Yes. Yes. And to think like, oh, I'm going to rest after a long day of work and watch six episodes of The Office on Netflix or, you know, whatever it is to just veg out and to turn off my brain. And I don't think that that's honoring to the Lord either. That's a lesson I've had to learn on one end of the spectrum. And then on the other end of the spectrum is really giving up control and choosing to rest. So I'm kind of like this pendulum. I can swing both ways and it's hard for me to find the middle on things. And so when we're talking about how do we rest, I feel Uh, It's very ironic that I'm speaking to this because, as I said, that's a hard lesson that I've had to learn. And I'm reminded of, you know, so I first started working here at Watermark in 2017. And um, my first boss when I was working here, I mean, it was a couple of weeks into the job. It was not long when he started to recognize this girl has a tendency to overwork and to work past hours and to work on the weekends and to not rest. And so I remember I was talking about like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to like work a little bit this weekend. He said, hey, open up your Bible to Psalm 127. And I was like, (laughs) oh, buddy, we're in the middle of a meeting. Like we've got other things to do. And he said, just read the first three verses. And so 
I sat there and I read it and it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. And I just remember reading that out loud and being so convicted in the moment of, man, scripture so clearly is telling me that when I am working tirelessly, I'm doing it in vain and I'm not trusting the watchman over the city um, and I, I'm not surrendering control to him. I'm, I'm trying to grasp and to take. And so that was the beginning of just a really long season for me learning how to rest. And I've had to work pretty hard to figure out, you know, what fills my my buckets spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally. And so something— You have some interesting ones. I do have some interesting ones. <laughs> and so um, I have had to find very specific ways, you know, to, to rest depending on what the day is. Like one of the things that we wrote out here while we were researching is if you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. If you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. And so if you're left-brained, take time to Sabbath with your right brain and vice versa. I love this one because yeah. I think of it as, um, hey, if I normally do a lot of thinking for me, this, like I said, this past weekend, going around and cleaning my house, mm-hmm. that was so restful. Because when I first heard that, I was like, I don't really understand what that means. But it really does ring true that when we exercise different sides of our brain, it can be restful, even if it seems like something that you'd be normally like working at. Totally. You know? Yeah. And so for me, I I love problem solving. That's a big part of my job. And so there's some days where I do so much problem solving that I have to go to the other end of the spectrum and just relationally have a good conversation with someone or just go sit and read a book, like something that doesn't require me to problem solve. But on other days when I'm doing something kind of mindless or tedious, I have to flip to the opposite end of the spectrum. And so I've I've taken up cross-stitching. I love cross-stitching because it's this creative problem solving of, okay, I've got to stitch four up and three over in this color, and then I have to jump over. Uh, and so it's just this silly way of of creating something and being intentional to, to do something different. So some of the things, if you're thinking, how do I rest? I don't really know. I haven't done this before. Just a few things to think through. One, set aside time to rest rather than work. So really set aside like a a set time to do this and to be committed to it. Um, Also think through what your restful activities are going to be. So I've had to be really intentional to have a wide variety that I can always pick from depending on how my day goes. Set intentional margins during the day to rest. So if it's five or 10 minutes here, if it's making sure that you're not working through lunch or getting a few moments just to be away and alone, and then do the same thing throughout the week and the month and the year, you know, really have that forward thinking and try and plan out times to rest and then think through um, what kind of beloved work that you can be a part of. So whether it's gardening or finances or Cali cleaning out a closet or me cross-stitching, whatever it is, just a variety of different things that you can do. And we have to say this, ejecting yourself from social media is a really great way to rest. If you haven't watched a documentary called The Social Dilemma, you've got to watch it because it's interviewing the people who created those social platforms, like the guy who created the like button on Facebook or the algorithms of Instagram. And what was created to promote community has really had the adverse effect of its isolating and its... And so we could all do to 
banish social media from our accounts and what that looks like from you for whatever length of time or whatever you know way you choose to do it. I just think it's a good practice. Um, we had a gal come and teach us, Leslie Jordan from a band called All Sons and Daughters with a worship co-op that I was a part of. And one of the things she shared that I thought was so good is when she took a break from social media, what she realized is she was like, I am literally following the lives of over 400 people on Instagram but I'm not walking 15 feet across my yard and catching up to how my neighbor's doing. And one of the most impactful things that she said that stayed with me like deep in my heart for a long time is she goes, then when you see someone after not seeing them for a while, you can actually ask the question, how are you? What have you been up to? With a genuineness that you can actually feel instead of like, hey, I saw you did this and this and this and this, but you can actually go, how's it going? You know, I thought that was so beautiful. It's changed some of my conversations. Right. And then on the flip side, I have this thought sometimes of, well, you don't you follow my social media? Yeah. Don't you know what I've been doing? Like, why are you I not paying attention? It. Yeah, I posted three <laughs> days ago that I went to this restaurant. And just thinking like, why why do we have that mentality of, of that's going to be the hub of our relational intimacy with one another is through social media, which is not helpful. So as we're talking about like how we rest... We've already talked about the why, but it's also good to remember, like, what does rest bring? Like, what what is the goodness that comes with it? And so some of those things are the fact that we just get to keep company with Jesus. We get to abide with the one who came and died on behalf of us and and loves people better than anyone possibly could. And so finding margins to rest means we get to hang out with him and enjoy that. We get to curb the addictions to busyness, to hurry, to the things that are keeping our attention away from God and really shifting that attention back to him. Like we've already said, we get to acknowledge our human limits and live within them. And Kelly, I have another quote from this book. Oh, bring if more I can read Wilkin. it. I mean, if I could just sit here and read from beginning to end, this is the None Like Him audiobook recording. <laughs> <laughs> but in the chapter on self-sufficiency, it's so good. But it says, we were created to need both God and others. We deny this to our peril. We are not needy because of sin. We are needy by divine design. Certainly, we can need in sinful ways. And we habitually confuse needs with wants, but we were not created to be self-sufficient, nor were we recreated in Christ to be so. Sanctification is the process of learning increasing dependence, not autonomy. And what a sweet thing to to grow in as we are spending time resting. Like that's such a good thing to get in the midst of rest. And define that for them, because those are some big words. What does it mean to grow in increasing dependence and not autonomy? It means to rely on the one that you were designed to rely on. So when you are too tired, when you feel burned out, when you feel like even you have it all under control, wherever you are, it's to take that step back and to realize I have to rely on God for everything. There is nothing that I can get on my own. And so what am I searching for today that I think I can get apart from him and running in the opposite direction from that thing? That's so good. Because I think we also, autonomy is one of those words that we kind of venerate in in our culture and our society is like self-sustaining, self-sufficient. And I think that's one more of the what does rest bring that I think is important. It's you trust God for all the things you don't get done during that time where you could have, oh, I could have checked off this, 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 and this. Hey, the Spirit of God is at work. It doesn't matter. It's not that those things don't matter, but the Spirit of God is at work regardless of all of our human efforts, and He is going to find a way to take care of the things that need taking care of for the day. Right. It's trusting that the kingdom won't stop moving forward if you stop moving. What a thought. (laughs) I have to tell myself 
every day, Holly, you are not so important. The kingdom stops moving when you stop moving. Oh, that's good. Callie, why don't you tell the lovely people what happens if we don't rest? Hashtag burnout, y'all. That's what happens when we don't rest. I mean, there's so many things y'all have all experienced and we lose joy in our work, our ministry. We can even lose joy in our salvation. So it's not, we don't lose our salvation, obviously. Upon believing in Jesus, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, but we can lose the joy that comes from newness of life in Christ. Even things that we actually do love can become like like a chore. You know what I mean? And I, I've been at that place in life where I'm like, I used to love cooking. And there are times in my life where I'm like, oh, I just, I can't even muster, you know? And I can tell then I'm like, ooh, my rest is off. Um, it impairs our ability to hear the voice of the Lord, not audibly, calm down, but <laughs> like just to be still enough to hear his um, his impressions through scripture and what he's telling us. And I think too, we lose touch with the fact that we are limited. You know, we've talked about that a lot today, but I think that's something that's really important that um, remembering that helps keep us in touch with God. And I think ultimately the lack of rest can ruin our families. It can damage our souls and not to be morbid, but it it can kill us. It is an actual obstacle to faithful living. And when you get right down to it, God commanded it. And so if we don't, it's sin. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think you and I, I'm speaking on behalf of myself, and I think you can chime in as well. (laughs) I think we both have experienced burnout in our lives and it's not something that I ever want anyone else to experience. And so I'm really hopeful and prayerful that today is an opportunity for women listening to just take that moment to pause and think, am I actually obeying what God's commanding me to do right now? And if not, why? And what can I do to get back to that? So uh, when we just think about avoiding burnout, a few things to consider is the the common saying, divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. So find ways to do these three things with diverting daily. What relaxes you? What helps you unwind? Not in a coping way, but in a way of resting and trusting that God is sovereign. Uh, when it comes to withdrawing weekly, the Sabbath that we talked about, so that one day a week to repetitively rest and have that rhythm. And then finally, to abandon annually, to really disconnect and to take time to get away. And in the midst of all of this, as you're realizing, maybe I'm not resting right now, it's helpful to ask yourself why and to think through the root core issues. So I had to go to region because of this, you know, in that season when I started working here and realizing like, I can't let go, I'm white knuckling everything. I realized my codependency and control was through the roof. And it wasn't just wrecking shop on my inability to stop working and to rest. It was impacting my relationships with others, my relationship with the Lord. And because I took the time to stop and ask myself, why am I not resting? That helped me unearth so much more that the Lord has used to sanctify and grow me. And so I'm hopeful that there's an opportunity here somewhere for someone else to ask themselves, why am I not resting? That's what I want to see. I think I want to see a generation of women rise up. And instead of saying, oh my gosh, I just run so hard. I want them to say, we have really beautiful rhythms of rest in our lives. Like that, that, that would be the battle cry of this generation. Like, hey, we can't do it all. We have realized that. And we step back and let the Lord work through us. And y'all, we have the perfect model in Christ Jesus. In Mark 135, it talks about how Jesus, while it was still very early, still dark, he departs and goes out to a desolate place. There's still other places in the gospels where Jesus literally is in the middle of healing people and preaching the good word. And there are people who are still have yet to be healed. And he's like, I have to go be with my father now. Like he leaves the work 
right in the middle of it. So if Jesus can entrust the unfinished work to be taken care of by the Lord, we can too. Like that has been perfectly modeled for us that you may feel like, I've heard people literally tell me, hey, I wish I could take a break from social media, but my job depends on it. And so I can't. And I think I just challenged that thought. Like your job will still be there. If the Lord is the God of the universe, you need to take a break. Take a break. Yeah. Exactly. And so as we wrap up this episode, we always want to help women find their next step of faithfulness and their best next yes. And so the challenge that we have today is what is the thing that you need to consider? And that can sound like such a broad, open-ended question, but where in the conversation of rest do you need help? And so find something that you, some area that you want to grow in around this conversation, share it with someone, and then ask for the accountability and the help to actually do so. And we have tons of great resources for you guys on this that, um, you know, we've mentioned The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan, The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, but there's so many other books, and we'll list a few of them in the show notes for you guys. But man, like Holly said, it was bless our hearts. If you really take this issue of rest at its word that it talks about in scripture, if will you learn about it, will you put it into practice? And we would love to hear the stories of how God just challenges and changes you as you practice rest. Exactly. So Callie, any final thoughts, any um, examples of resting that you want to pass on as opportunities for women? Oh my gosh, so many. I, I write poetry when I rest. I walk around my house. One of the things as a mom of three kids and a very busy household, we have six chickens, a dog, a <laughs> husband. Like when I'm in my home by myself, y'all, I literally... It, you would not be uncommon for you to see me literally dancing jazz and lyrical by myself in my house <laughs> because I get so excited that it's just me and the Lord. And so maybe you're around busy people a lot and you need to get alone. Maybe you're alone too much and you need to get around people. That's the beauty is that there's freedom in how you choose to rest. Exactly. I love it. Well, we'll catch you dancing in your living room. Come by anytime, guys. All of guys. your people are gone. Richardson, You'll find Texas. me cross-stitching or <laughs> putting some Lego together. But we are all committed to resting together and and so that's all that we have time for today. If you want to learn more about The Collective, you can visit our website, watermark.org collective and follow us on Instagram at watermark underscore collective. Be sure to share this episode with someone who needs to hear it today because obviously we all need to hear about this topic of rest and Sabbath. And if you have any questions about this episode, if there's any ways we can pray for you or serve you or come alongside you, you can email us at collective at watermark.org and we will see you next time on The Collective Podcast. 